my poetry friends, freedom writers, artists, creatives. Thank you so much for listening in today. I don't take your presence lightly because your time is precious. And I hope you believe that it is. I'm your host, Larissa Denise. This is a show about poetry from Black, Brown, and Indigenous creators because they are the bomb and we should be talking about them. Give them your dollars and your attention, please. But if you don't know where to start, that is why I'm here. More importantly, I hope you get some inspiration from your own creative outlets here. This season, we are thinking through poems and poets that will illuminate exactly how inspirational poetry can be and why you should include it in your daily consumption of art. This podcast has definitely helped me get closer to the habit of reading poetry daily and just learning more about this art form that I really do enjoy, but I don't spend enough time engaging in. So once I buy the 500 poetry books off of my list, I'm sure I can actually dive deeper into them. Today, we are talking about the environment, eco-poetry, if you will. This should, you know, honestly go without saying, but well, first of all, y'all, the earth has been doing some earth things. Like we've seen seas, you know, bodies of water on fire, incredible flooding, um, you know, pipes melting. We have seen some craziness in the earth, okay? So we need to talk about the environment. We need to talk about it. We need to address it. Um, When I say we, I don't necessarily simply mean individuals because we know that there are corporations and institutions at hand who willfully ignored science and have contributed tremendously to pollution, to all of the things that are problems in our earth, overfishing, deforestation, all the things. And this should honestly go without saying, but environmental justice cannot be addressed without first decimating systemic racism. Where trees are planted, where pipes are built, how we respond to natural disasters, where revitalization occurs, and how it is achieved are all deeply tied to systems and structures of inequity. So when we're talking about who owns the earth, it's really a critical analysis of capitalism's wide grasp on human existence, the need to consume natural resources. If you're familiar with No Name, The song Rainforest, actually, she has an amazing bar. She says, you ain't seen death. I can hear the blood on the moon. These niggas put a flag upon it. All they do is consume. Only animal that ravage everything in its path. They've turned a natural resource into a bundle of cash. When a rainforest cries, everybody does a little. Like, true, right? Very true. Very true. So I have just increasingly found myself more appalled by climate change as the signs of decimation become more digitally accessible. But just the audacity that over 
the last hundred years, at the very least, there have been so many people in power who knew what would happen and who anticipated what would happen and chose to do nothing. Okay, like literally nothing. Anyways, I, <laughs> you can't make this stuff up, okay? So let's get into it with a poet who is doing the work. A poet by the name of Dr. Craig Santos Perez. Dr. Perez is an indigenous poet from the Pacific Island of Guam of Chamorro heritage. I probably pronounced it incorrectly, sorry. Uh, he is currently teaching at the University of Hawaii and has all the accolades anyone could require. His doctor is from UC Berkeley. He's published in several journals and anthologies for indigenous creators and actually co-founded the only publisher in the U.S., which is crazy, the only publisher in the U.S. wholly dedicated to Pacific literature. That publication is named Ala Press. He has performed internationally and has actually had one of his pieces, Praise Song for Oceana, transformed into a film and screened at several film festivals. He is an American Book Award recipient, Ford Fellow, finalist for the LA Times Book Prize, and winner of the Poetry Society of America Literary Prize. According to his namesake website, Beyond Poetry, he is also a scholar, editor, publisher, essayist, critic, book reviewer, artist, environmentalist, and political activist. He does all the things. So I'm going to be reading one of his pieces from The New Republic titled Sonnet 17. I don't love you as if you were rare earth metals, diamonds, or reserves of crude oil that propagate war. I love you as one loves most vulnerable things, urgently, between the habitat and its loss. I love you as the seed that doesn't sprout, but carries the heritage of our roots secured within a vault. And thanks to your love, the organic taste that ripens from the root lives sweetly on my tongue. I love you without knowing how or when the world will end. I love you naturally, without pesticides or pills. I love you like this because we won't survive any other way, except in this form, in which humans and nature are kin. So close that your emissions of carbon are mine. So close that your sea rises with my heat. This poem just feels urgent. Like, I love his use of the term urgent here. Like, it's the word that comes to mind when you read this poem, especially the phrase, I love you without knowing how or when the world will end. Did you gasp? I know I did. Like, dang, it's the truth. I mean, especially after the year that 2020 was and all the residual trauma we're dealing with in 2021, like, we are the people who will tell the stories of what it was like to nearly lose us. At the same time, at unprecedented rates, 
when people were literally willing to sacrifice our elders and the children for moderate comforts? Like end of world behaviors truly. Throw that in my vows, fam. Throw that in my vows. It's a miracle we love at all amidst this foolishness. <sighs> okay, so lots on my mind with this piece. Here's just a few questions of reflection. What makes you rare? What makes you common? How do you define the term organic? How do you define the term natural? If humans claim to love the earth, what actions would prove this love? When are humans and nature kin? How would you explain pollution, deforestation, overfishing, or climate change to a child? I hope you keep thinking about the earth this week. Such an important topic. So many things that I want to remind you of before we end the show. First and most importantly, this show is about honoring the poetry of Black, Brown, and Indigenous communities. So I have to acknowledge that we are on stolen land. If you've never done this before, I encourage you, do your research to discover whose land you are actually living on. One resource I found is native-land.ca for people living in North America. If you're an international listener, go ahead and do some Google searches. There's so many ways you can honor Native heritage and the people who continue to tell their own stories. Follow Indigenous creators, buy their things, amplify their stories. Second, if you think climate change and pollution is bad, I promise it's much worse than you think. So support activists of color. Just a few that I found and people who I support Vanessa Nakate, Yesenia Funes, Francia Marquez, Little Miss Flint, who is a full 13 years old now. Um, do your research. If you can reuse, reduce, and recycle your total consumption as an individual, that's amazing. But there are real business decisions made by real people that they decided to ignore for profit that are far more to blame than any individual. So second, choose as you will, but let's also act accordingly. Hold companies and businesses accountable. Organizations, hold them accountable. Corporations, hold them accountable. Your governmental officials, hold them accountable. Third and finally, before you go, I know the way things are going, it feels like we'll never recover. But what you most certainly deserve more than anything today is to enjoy the beautiful planet we have while you can. So take a hike, sit in a garden, dip in a natural spring, go to the beach, stare at the ocean, put your phone down, take a picture next time, and just be in the moment. Bask in God's creation and pick up your pen. Keep writing. But before you go, this poem is titled On Changes in Climate and Other Investments. 
I believe we are briefly beautiful, if not consistently existing, following a thread of blood from century to coconut tree, unraveling before the praise of our creator, we undo and redo and complete. We tie leaves to make knives and slaughter our promises. Our hopes rest on lungs and gentle flick of the finger, like lying down in the grass before an eclipse, when your hand bleeds from each ivory blade and suddenly your nail sinks into muddy earth. We calculate our reality. We foster the moment and think of a world where our destruction is only a gift to the future. Thank y'all so much for being here. If you want to find all of our information about what happened this week, what I'm still thinking about, what I'm reflecting on, head on over to our Instagram page at Poetry is Freedom. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Poetry is Free Pod. If you want to follow me, your host, Larissa Denise, on my personal Twitter account, you can find me at Say Larissa Denise. That is S-A-Y-L-A-R-I-S-A-D-E-N-I-S-E. If you want to find where I got my poetry, can I read it again? Oh my gosh, it was so amazing. Go ahead and head over to poetryisfreedom.com. And of course, please leave a review if you loved it. If you hated it, tell me why. I would love to hear all of your thoughts, suggestions, and comments. Y'all have a great day. Free.